Here comes Peter Cottontail Hopping down the bunny trail Hippity-hopping Easter's on its way Welcome to the Nerd Gospel Podcast, where he is risen. He is risen indeed! I love that so much. I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. Let's get to the news. First of all, the most important news is, where have we been? It's been... It's been a little bit. Yeah. It's been some time. It's confusing. Uh, There's a lot of stuff going on. So the first big piece of news for the Nerd Gospel Podcast is that we switched from SoundCloud to Pippa. And you're thinking, Pippa Middleton hosts (laughs) a podcast thing? Yeah, of course she does. No. I think she owns it probably, right? Would you assume? I don't, no, I don't you know where you're Pippa. going. All right. Well, Pippa Middleton <laughs> does not own this, but it's this website called Pippa, and it's a podcasting site. So we switched over. So in that process, we have to switch all our episodes. It's kind of a big mm-hmm. thing. So that's partly where we've been. The other thing is my wife is uh, super pregnant. Yep. And by super pregnant, I just mean we're almost there. Right. Uh, May 22nd is the day of my little baby girl's birth. Yeah. Uh, little Ridley. So we are very excited. Uh, and if you're a super nerd, you know that Ridley is the name of the bad guy from Super Metroid, mm-hmm. the dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not, why, that's that's not, not why I named my daughter. That's not it? Uh, th- well, you know, partly why. So there's a lot going on. I'm, I'm a little bit behind in seminary, and Jeremy's been gracious with me uh, to give me some time off and let me do some other stuff. So going forward, our episodes will be a little sporadic mm-hmm. and erratic. Yes. And all the other erratic. <laughs> yeah. It will be in that. So, so if you're looking for episodes, they won't be every single Monday. They'll be a little bit all over the place, but we're going to do our best to get back to a once a week uh, schedule down the line. But yep. anybody who has children knows that it's a little crazy. Um, and it's just my wife and I doing our, doing our thing. So we're going to be juggling the kids and uh, I'll be making time for this. So. And the important part of that is we're not going anywhere. This is not a fade out. Yeah. We're not fading out. We're fading in. Yeah. Well. Well, it's a fade. There's a fade happening, but yeah. it's just. Uh, it's it's like, like a. A ghost. Yeah. It's like it's going to get a little bit quieter, but then it's going to get back yeah. to normal volume. Yeah. It's like a ghost that is in the house, and you kind of you're like, oh, is that ghost gone? And he's like, no, I'm still here. I'm yeah. just being, I'm having some time off. You lost me. I thought uh, we were anyways, doing fade so out. So let's get to so that's news. Now let's get to the news, <laughs> the the real human news. Uh, James Gunn on Twitter, who is the director of Guardians, as if I had to say that. Uh-huh. James Gunn on Twitter, he says Avengers: Infinity War is. Incredible. He likes it. Wow. With wow. four exclamation points. That's a lot. And that's all I'll say for the time being. But I, all right, so I put this because most people think, oh, Marvel, whatever, they have to say nice things. But James Gunn's not like that. Like, in Does the he past, say mean things? No, he doesn't say no. mean things, but he'll be honest. So and he if he doesn't, yeah, yeah, there have been some stuff that come out and he just doesn't say anything. Mm. And people will ask him about it and he's like, eh, it's whatever, mm. you know. So mm, no he, comment or he'll say, wow, with one exclamation point. Right. Which not means four. I hate it. Yeah. Not for, <laughs> you know, <laughs> definitely. Uh, so I'm man, this is going to be hype train until the movie comes out. Every single one of our episodes that comes out between now and the movie will be hype train for Avengers Infinity War. So you're excited. I'm sorry. I'm very excited. Okay. It's just the way it's going to be. Okay. Get over <laughs> it. Uh, if you're not into that, sorry. Uh, no Marvel TV crossover is planned. Wow. Apparently. So if you like Daredevil, which we do. Yeah. Sorry, no Daredevil for a while. Mm. Uh, no Punisher, all that stuff. The, the reason was the Russo brothers said specifically with Infinity War, it's just too many characters. Yeah. They already have like 60-something characters they're dealing with, and you can't you can't introduce a character from a TV show just for kicks and giggles. Right, and be like, here she is. Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool, but it's like, let's give it let's give it some time, right? Yeah. Uh, let's finish the, you know, kind of what we started with the whole first half. They are going to have to drop back. 
Oh, for sure. We can't just continue to have everybody in every movie. No, and we're killing some people off. So oh. we're going to, contracts are ending. We'll talk about that in a second. Oh. So, uh, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, Jessica Jones season two is pretty good. My wife and I watched that. If you're a Jessica Jones fan, uh, yeah, watch it. It's fun. It's way different from the first one. No Killgrave, no Purple Man, whatever. Hmm. Uh, Pacific Rim Uprising, I went and saw that. And? And it was just okay. Was it better than uh, the original? No. not, not Was it worse? Good. I love the first one. Oh. A lot of people don't like the first one. Right. Jeremy's giving me a look. Yeah, the first one's no good. <laughs> no, what's, what's not good? All right. Uh, giant robots, good. Uh, giant monsters, good. Punching each other, very good. The... The quintessential problem with that movie no. is that stupid little dog. What dog? There's the dumb little pug dog or bulldog thing. What? No, Am I, I thinking think of a thinking, different movie? I think you're thinking of a different movie. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't remember a dog at all. Yeah, there's a dog running around in the... Anyway. Maybe. I don't remember. I'll have to watch it again. We'll I own it, it, so I'll watch it. Okay, uh, please pa- do. Pacific Rim Uprising, whatever. It was fine. The, the thing it does really well is when it's weird, it's great. When mm-hmm. it's normal and it tries to be a normal movie, it's not good. Right. And then Clint Eastwood's son is in it, and he's not Clint Eastwood. But it's bad writing, right? Yeah, yeah, it's horrible writing. So the the script is yeah bad. Yep. there you go. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Tomb Raider apparently came out. I haven't seen it, but it's just meh too. Whatever, you know. So you know, man, I don't know why they're just put. They just put movies out to put them out sometimes. And yeah, it's called an industry. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a movie an, industry. It's, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess, yeah, who knows? Uh, Chris Evans, Christopher, as friends know him, mm. Christopher Evans officially leaving Marvel after Avengers Four. His mm. contract ends. He's done. Uh, and it, that makes sense. He's a great actor. He wants to go do other stuff, like whatever. He's given it, what, 10 years of his life, something around about? He's been captain been a for a while. Uh, and and a, with him, Thor Hemsworth goes with him and mm-hmm. RDJ. Uh, both of their contracts end as well. So they could re-sign. You know what I mean? They could, they could give him an offer that can't refuse. Uh, you know, who knows? I, my godfather kind of went to Trump. Don't mix those. You talk about my daughter's wedding. Uh, I am I am surprised that Downey would give it up. I feel like he sees himself as Iron Man. I think he does, and he's and I think he likes it because he is kind of the Godfather of the right. That's kind of the Godfather of the All Godfather. Right. That's enough. Uh, so him and Kevin Feige are like God uh, parents, right? Godmother, Godfather, <laughs> Godmother, Godfather. Yeah. Uh, Ava DuVernay. I don't know uh, how you say her name. DuVernay. She is to direct DC's The New Gods, and she just did what's that movie that she just did with uh, A Wrinkle in Time. Oh yeah, okay. Time is so old; it, it's a movie about a wrinkle. It's getting old. It gets old. I love that book. They're going to ruin it. Yeah, she did ruin it because apparently the it's awful. So I haven't seen that either. But whatever, you know, mm-hmm. the, it's a, apparently an industry. It's a really good just book. putting these movies out. Yeah, and it's an industry. If you've never read that, it's yeah. short. It's beautiful. And there's, it's a trilogy in there, and there are multiple books in it. Well, Under Rock, Over Stone, or something. Whoa! All Am right. I blending things. I don't know. I only read right. the first one. Uh, here's what New Gods is about. It's Jack Kirby who did uh, a bunch of uh, comics and crazy stuff. He did like some of the more cosmic stuff in the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. And this mixes social commentary, mythology, and science fiction. It sees a war between two alien planets, New Genesis and Apocalypse. Okay, Mm. Now, Apocalypse is where Darkseid is the king, right? Yeah. They arrive on Earth when the ruler of the dystopian apocalypse, Darkseid, discovers that humanity holds the key to the anti-life equation, which allows its user to control all living beings in existence. So obviously you want that. Sounds far-fetched. Yeah, if you're a bad guy, you want... Yeah, it doesn't sound realistic at all. <laughs> the <Okay>? anti-life <laughs> equation. It's not very realistic. Uh, Darkseid obviously was the is the big bag of the bad guy. He's kind of the Thanos mm-hmm. of the DC universe. Mm-hmm. And I really thought he was going to show up in Justice League. Mm. And instead we got Steppenwolf, which 
the 80s band, I made that joke on Sunday when we were talking about <laughs> uh, the 80s band showed up and nobody liked it. No. Nope. Uh, anyways, this this will be whatever. I don't know. I think DC needs to reevaluate what they're doing because it's obviously not working. They, they're tried multiple times and it's just not working. It's not. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I like this story. There's this really weird character called Granny Goodness. <laughs> and she's like, she's this granny and uh-huh. she fights on Apocalypse. And then there's Mr. Miracles in there and all, all sorts of really cool characters. Okay. Uh, it's kind of like the Guardians. It has the potential to be like the Guardians of the DC. So it's funny, campy. Yeah, yeah it could be campy. Mm-hmm. It could be fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, anytime you have a grandma fighting on an alien planet, that's that's good times. <laughs> just, like, just like a little raccoon with a giant uh, gun. Going to something that's realistic uh, NASA is unable to protect Earth from apocalypse. There's an apocalypse coming up in 2135. So if you're going to die by 2135, you can breathe a sigh yeah, of relief. Don't worry. Now, our kids or our grandkids, mm, they might have to worry a little. Well, even our kids, yeah, they'll probably be a good. 100 years, uh, more yeah, than 100 years be away. Fine. Well, I don't know. We could survive longer. They could. We could become heads in floating jars. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, asteroid Bennu, which is, seems like a weird name for something that's going to kill us all, mm-hmm. uh, is as wide as five football fields. Weighing approximately 79 billion kilograms. Wow. Which I wish, listen, I don't know metric system. Anytime I read kilograms, I'm like, can you just put that in pounds for me? Stupid American. Like, what, like what is this, you know? <laughs> kilograms, I, I guess that's big. Yeah, that's right? 79 billion of them. 79 billion of those killies. Doesn't say milligrams. Uh, so we're in trouble, I guess. Uh, well, not us, but. It just seems like, so going back to, if you listen to our last episode, with NASA octopus stuff, you know, mm-hmm. the octopus suits, it seems like NASA's behind the, on the game. Like, we've had movies about destroying asteroids. Right. They're right? just getting Armageddon. around to this. Like, yeah, they're just getting around to this. Like, Armageddon was the, that was the whole plot. Space Cowboys, wasn't that something to do with? There's been movies about this. Yeah. We are, Deep Impact? Please. This like, is done. Like, you Come put on, Bruce NASA. Willis on a, on a spaceship. If we can freeze Bruce Willis right now, and in 2134, let's give him a year's time. Sure. We put him on a spaceship, send him over. He'll take care of it. Yeah. He's like, been drilling yeah, since he was a toddler. Yeah, we don't need any more technology than what we have. We have Bruce Willis. Okay, yeah. and he's a hero. <laughs> We're done. We're done. Uh, some musky news. So musky. <laughs> this is good. I mean, I mean, I'm so glad I missed this. Okay. Uh, Elon Musk. This is probably one of our best musky news uh, out of a lot of our musky news. Elon Musk has sold millions of dollars of branded hats mm-hmm. for the boring company. You know that. He sold millions of dollars of flamethrowers. Naturally. Putting a flamethrower in every single child hands in America, which is beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Really just a giant lighter. And now he says his boring company will sell interlocking bricks made from the rock that its tunnel creating machines excavate from the ground. So in other words, he says you need to think Lego except giant, heavy, and made-of-earth Lego. <laughs> what? Okay. All right. Here's, here's what he says on Twitter. He says this. The new boring company merch coming soon. Life-size Lego. All right. Uh, what is know, a life-size Lego? Listen, look. Life-size Lego, like interlocking bricks, made from tunneling rock that you can use to create sculptures and buildings, rated for California seismic loads, so super strong, <laughs> but bored in the middle, like an aircraft wing spar, so not heavy. Okay. What? <laughs> he, he literally has this idea to take all the rocks that he's digging out of the ground for his tunnel, yeah. for the Hyperloop. Mm-hmm. Then he makes them look like Legos. And people will buy these to build houses or he even said Egyptian monuments. Uh-huh. Like he imagines like we will like kids will go out and be like, Mom, I'm going to go build the pyramids in California. Mm-hmm. 
What is what is he doing? So he's so industrious. What other people would pay to have carted away, he's asking you to buy. Yeah, yeah. he's like, why would we throw the rocks away <laughs> when we can turn them into Legos? We can sell them to <laughs> all like, the oh, schmucks. Oh, little who tiny the Legos. That's a great idea. You want? No, 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 no. How do I do my? my that's Elon? it. That's it. No, I want life-size Lego bricks. Elon, that's crazy. No, make it happen. But now a life-size Lego brick is the size of yes. a Lego brick. And what should it's we build, regular, Elon? What would, what would small people build it? Size. Pyramids. <laughs> why? why, Elon? Why? Pyramids. Make it happen. I, this guy's crazy. He's yeah. absolutely out of I his like mind. the life-size Batman made out of Lego bricks. Yeah. I guess I could do <laughs> that in Earth. Anyway, so coming to a store near you, life-size Lego uh, bricks. Rocks. From rocks. This is the new Just pet rock. Uh, anyway, enough of that nonsense. This is silly, silliness news. There's all sorts of great news in the happening, and we picked out this. I can't. What is wrong with us? Uh, let's talk the Infinity War trailer before okay. we get in too deep here. Okay, mm-hmm. you saw it. I I was gonna not watch it. Yeah, and then I immediately and then you did watch it. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah, it wasn't even like a struggle for you. You're just like, oh, press play. Well, it you was. Just went. I was disappointed in myself. Yeah. You have I no still... self control. It's really a shame. I have some. Uh, so we just watched it, and it was great. Now I personally it gave me chills, mm-hmm. and Jeremy watched it, and it's like, what what part gave you chills? Right. And I just rolled my eyes at him because he didn't get it. Okay. No. Jeremy doesn't <laughs> no, the part get that, it. My my wife literally like shed a tear. Like we were watching the trailer, and she was like crying. That's how beautiful this trailer was. Now the what? part of that's did you watch it in slow motion or something? No, no, no. I don't understand. <laughs> in the arms of the angels, that was playing in the background when we were watching. Uh, it's for me. It's this big beautiful thing because I've watched since the beginning and I've really cared I, since the beginning. I watched. No, not like oh. you. You didn't watch like I. <laughs> when all right, so when Captain catches the glove. That's when I just got chills mm-hmm. because for one thing, Captain speaks to me like he's like my boy. Okay, yeah. he's my character I relate with most in the cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. So when he caught it, I was like, uh, and then when you see Thanos's face, he's like, "What?" Thanos is like, "Well, hold on, what boy? You know, what's this guy doing? Like, <laughs> he's a he's a kid. Like, I'm crushing him." Uh, anyways, that I'm excited about it. The trailer looks awesome. Yeah. So here's based on all the trailers that have come forth. I'm going to give you my entire prediction for the entire movie. What's going to happen down to the last credit scene should you ready we, for this should we buckle our safety belts buckle up because right. the hype train's about to leave the station here, we go. here it is movie starts out on gamora's planet and you know how most marvel movies start out with like some sort of dramatic like opening prologue and then it goes to the cutscene thing of course here we are on gamora's planet you ready for this picture it oh different alien planet sky is happening oh here comes Thanos' ship it lands oh my word people are running the green people everywhere green green parents green mom green dad ah gamora quick go to safety no it's too late here's thanos he shows up he grabs her hand. All the Outriders are there. The Outriders are the people with four arms. All right. They're pushing everybody back. Thanos pretends to be really sweet. And he's like, come, my dear. And she's like, okay. And that's when you see her, him holding her hand. All right. And they start walking off. And then the Outriders are like, what should we do, boss? And he looks back and he goes, kill them all. And you're like, oh, no. And so him and Gamora get in the ship. Everything seems fine. They're flying off. And then you see like slow motion just, ah, and like death is happening. Whoa. And everybody's like in the theaters, like oh, I can't believe what, right. I can't believe this is happening. Now and we then, know. And the Marvel, whatever. The longest, you know, the longest. It comes up. All right, thing ever. And then it goes, and then it cuts to Thanos' ship invading Thor and Loki's biz. All right, so they're in the. They remember their big planet, their ship. Yeah, they're okay. on the big ship. Yeah, they're on the big ship. They're there. Oh my word, Thanos' ship is here. All the Asgardians are fleeing. They're running. People are on the ship now. The Outriders are killing people. So we've just gone from him killing people. Now he's killing more people. All right? Oh man, this is bad news. But years apart. Yeah, years apart. So now the Asgardians are getting away in skate pods. Valkyrie's there. 
Okay. And he go he looks at her real quick and goes, Hey, we don't have enough money to pay you for the whole film. Why don't you take the Asgardians? And she's like, okay, I'll get out of here. I'll see you later. And we never see her the rest of the movie. Okay. That's where Valkyrie is. She gets some of them, but some Asgardians die. No. Yeah. They've had a horrible, I mean, their planet just blew up and now this. Yeah. But they're, they're a people, oh, not a place. heavens. So. so now Thor and Loki are there. They're staying and fighting. Loki goes, don't kill my brother. Don't kill my brother. Here's the cosmic cube. Okay. Oh, Jeremy, don't sneeze again. <laughs> Thor Loki goes here's the cosmic cube he goes alright and then Thanos crushes the cube gets the stone out and oh my word that was a beautiful sneeze if it got picked up uh, and he crushes away. the stone okay gets it out and then he looks at Loki and goes kill him what no Loki they would... just killed Loki no yeah they did it he's out so, so now Thor is really frustrated and you see this part in the clip where he's like nah he's screaming and you see Thanos' head like hand crushing his head mm. I don't think he's crushing his head I think he's going watch and he's making him watch them kill, kill Loki. Loki what but he's a bad guy so who cares but who you couldn't what they can't do this they're oh, doing it there. that's what's happening uh, Thor starts fighting they're there but Thanos is like get off my ship I don't want you here anymore boom throws him off into space Hulk's there get off my ship boom he's out in space now they're the, both out Thanos in space Thanos just throws Hulk they're thrown wow this is the movie okay it's Hulk crazy Hulk is strong so now where's Hulk going well he's going to planet earth because we see him fly like a meteor that's Hulk not a meteor that's Hulk flying in wow and he crashes into the Sanctum Sanctorum where uh, Doctor Strange is right because mm. that's where the big hole in the roof is this is what's happening Okay. Whoa. You gotta watch the trailers now, and you're gonna be like, "This Heath is so right. He's dead on." Okay. Here we go. Now, where am I? I'm lost my place. Oh, so where, now where's Thor? Well, we know where he is. He hits the Guardian ship. They pick him up in outer space. Okay. So Thor's with the Guardians. So he's just floating in Earth. space. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Is that okay? He's a god. He can. Oh. Uh, whatever. Right. Uh, so they show up, and he goes. Uh, he goes. Oh no! Thanos did this, and Gamora goes. Thanos, and we have maybe we have the cutscene back there. Then maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe that's where it is. Hmm. It just seems weird pacing. We'll see. That could be where it is. <laughs> All right. Uh, so then anyways, she goes, well, we, we got to go. Oh, where's one of the stones? Now, Thor, if you remember from the old movies, the Asgardians took one of the stones to the collector. Remember that? No. Well, it was in a post credit scene. Uh. So they go. He, Thor goes, oh, duh, one of the stones with the collector. We got to go to nowhere, that big floating yeah. head in space. Head in space. They fly over there in the Milano. Uh-oh, the collector's dead. Oh. Thanos has already been there. Of course. So Thor goes, well, guess what? I need a new hammer. Okay, we'll make one here. We're in, we're in a giant floating celestial land. Of course we're going to make one here. Duh. Where else yeah. would we make one? Oh. So he's doing this, ah, making one stuff. And th and uh, he's like, oh, I need a handle. And then Groot's like, I am Groot. And he's like, oh, perfect. And so Groot gives him a wooden handle from his own body. So it's like super like, it's sort of like this cool mystical hammer he's made. With Is like, any of that from the comics? Are you making no, that this, up? I'm making this all from Just the trailer. From, cloth. from the trailer. Well, I did, see, uh, I did see a little toy where Thor has the hammer and it's literally like a wooden Groot handle. So I'm assuming this is wow. Exactly and who else better to help than uh, Rocket? You know. Anyways, Thor wakes up. The Guardians are like, "What? Oh my word! They're doing all that stuff. They're in nowhere. He's got the new hammer." Bruce Banner warns Tony and Doctor Strange. They're like, "He's like, you won't believe what happened. I got thrown from a spaceship." And they're like, "Crap! We need Captain America." All right, let me get up the phone. And Captain America's like, "Yeah, I'm on my way. I'll I'll do it." Okay, he's doing Rogok stuff. He hasn't shaved. He has no time to shave. No, no time at all. Peter Parker's on his on his way to like maybe a museum. He's like, I'm on a school field trip. I'm a little kid. I'm in high school. And he looks up in the sky and there's a big spaceship. That's Thanos' ship coming down to preliminary Earth, like checking oh, out. No. And he goes, Oh, dang it. Yeah. I gotta skip the field trip. 
So he hops on his little new stuff and he's up there. Tony's like, don't go, Peter, don't go up there. And he's like, I'm too late. I'm already here. Yeah. So they're up there. Yeah. Now Tony's up there. Then uh, Doc Strange is up there. That's when Ebony Maul, the, the creepy guy who's going, shh, he's like doing like that in the trailer. He's like, shh, you know? No. And he, uh, all these needles are poking Doctor Strange. That's when that happens because they're on that spaceship. All right. We're almost done. This is how far <laughs> in the movie we are. Woo. All right. Take a breath. Uh, Vision and Doctor and, and Scarlet Women. Scarlet Women. <laughs> This Scarlet, Scarlet Witch are attacked, but Captain America shows up, stops the the Corvus Glaive and Proxima Midnight. Those are two of the Black Order. Whoa, forgot to talk about them. Okay, they're, they're bad guys. Yeah, and he stops a spear, and then uh, Black Black Panther's like, "Get that man a shield!" And we're yeah. like, "Oh snap!" Right. So then they go, "We got to get Vision someplace safe. Let's take him to Wakanda. That'll help him." Right? Not too late because they already know they're going to Wakanda. So there's an epic epic fight in Wakanda. Get that man a shield. They get him one. Uh, there's an epic fight on Titan, which is another planet. That's that's wow. Thanos' planet. And the Guardians are there. That's when that's when uh What's Your Face says, I hate your plan. It's a good plan. I want to do my plan. Or yeah. Whatever. And Tony's like there. Tony's there. How did he get there? Peter Parker's there because they flew on the spaceship. Remember? Wow, it's fast shit. I know. I know. And Doctor Strange is there. Uh, Thanos leaves Wakanda and he comes through Portal on Titan. So I think he's there fighting Wakanda. He gets the... Uh, this is where I think he kills Captain. Oh, no. I know. I just wanted to, I don't know if everybody knew this was happening. I think he kills Captain when he puts the hand down on him and Captain stops it. I think it's for a brief millisecond and then he goes and he just crushes him. No, no. Because there's a quick shot where Bucky comes through the force and he's like, no. And Bucky's like, no. And because he's seeing it. So now we've seen Loki die. Now we've seen Captain America die. Everything's awful. Yeah. Everything's bad. This doesn't sound good. So the final battle takes place on Titan. That's Thanos' big planet, Titan, okay? Yeah. They're all there. Uh, Thanos throws a freaking moon at Tony. He throws a moon at him, okay? How can he hold he a moon? Hold, with the, the gauntlet now. But so he grabs in the trailer. the gauntlet giant? No, in the trailer, he gra- he holds his hand up like this, and he literally gravitationally pulls the moon oh, so he towards touch Titan. It. No, he, he just, doesn't, throws he just it. looks at it. Yeah. He thinks about it. Yeah. And Tony's like, well... And then he There's dies. A moon. Now Tony's dead. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? What? Tony's dead? That's right. You heard me correctly. Uh, Captain dies. Thanos crushes him. Tony dies. Uh, Loki dies. Maybe Vision dies. Because he gets the thing he gets peeled the out of his head. He's literally his brain ripped out of him. Right. Uh, movie ends with Thanos having most, if not all, the stones. Oh no. And maybe he clicks his finger and wipes out half the galaxy. Maybe that's just a kick. Like he's like Whoa. he's like click and he's like boom. Everybody's dead. And then the movie ends on his just nasty. He's like smiling and happy. He's like Whoa. that's a terrible ending. I know. Where's the hope? There's no hope. There's no hope. It'll be in. It'll end like that, and it'll say to be continued, and we'll go what. Why? Why? I don't even want to see this movie. Anyways, that's the movie. Now, here's some wild cards. Uh, Mephisto is kind of like the devil of the Marvel Universe. He has been hinted at, and he kind of whispers in Thanos' ear and kind of like, you know, controls, not controls him, but just like encourages him Mm. to do nasty stuff. Mm. There's a guy named Pip, which is like a little, um, nobody knows who Peter Dinklage is. And since Pip is a dwarf, people just assumed. Why? (laughs) Well, uh, you know. Uh, so maybe he's Pip. Captain Marvel, We supposed to be in here. We don't know. Could yeah. be an end credit scene. Ant-Man is supposed to be in here, and he's absent from everything. Mm-hmm. So, But he also has a movie coming up right after this with Wasp, and we they have to figure out how to tie that in somehow. So maybe they're on Earth after Thanos has left to Titan, and I don't know. We don't yeah. know. It could be a prequel. It could be after this, whatever. Right. And then Hawkeye is also 
and a wild card. So we, where are they? We don't know. And what about Lady Death? You said that Thanos was I know, into I know. Lady Death. I know. I thought she, that he might is. be Hela. That could be a huge thing. We don't know. They're oh. doing a really fantastic job with keeping most of this under wraps. Well, despite I mean, the incredibly detailed and Despite everything just I just gave, yeah, of course. With. But, you know, I'm, I'm a different breed of human. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, I think maybe 12% of that will happen. Mm. We'll see. I don't know. I could be, I could be 95% correct. <laughs> Who knows? All right. Anyways, uh, I hope you're excited about that. Now you go watch the trailer again and you'll see everything as clearly as I've seen it. Wow. And your eyes will be open. You're a visionary. So, yeah, I'm a visionary. I'm like Elon Musk's uh, son. Let's get to the main event. Easter eggs and empty tombs. Easter eggs and empty tombs. Mm. Uh, as most nerd folk, Falcon, no. Falcon? Vulcans? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> nerd, uh, nerd people, folks. Mm-hmm. No, Easter eggs are things that are hidden in like uh, movies and video games and whatnot. And since we're Easter is this weekend, I mm-hmm. thought it'd be kind of fun to talk Easter and some Easter eggs and just what is Easter about and empty tomb, yeah. right? Like our hope that we have in, in the empty tomb. That's yes. good news. Yep. Uh, so the first thing uh, I want to talk about is today, like I, with my little son, my three-year-old son, we dyed eggs and that was super fun. Uh, but as I'm sitting there doing, I'm like, why did, why did we do this? Hmm. Like, <laughs> where did this come from? Uh, and so that we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, we're going to talk some bunny rabbits, maybe peeps at youth group. I did this peep eating contest where my kids had to eat 10 peeps the fastest. When I got home, my wife had seen the, uh, the video and she's like, you guys really need to be more careful. I was like, what? She's like, that could have so easily been some choking. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, we told them not to choke. <laughs> She didn't think that was enough. We, I warned them not to choke. I mean, that's on them. We showed them point. the universal sign for choking. Yeah, I was like, all right, you'll be okay. I even told them, I was like, if I have to Heimlich one of you, you're gonna, it's going to be your fault. That's right. And we signed, well, we should probably have them sign waivers. Yeah, so let's talk, uh, what is an Easter egg? In computer software and media, an Easter egg is an intentional inside joke, hidden message or image, or secret feature of a work. It is usually found in a computer program, video game, DVD, uh, and the name is used to evoke the traditional idea of an Easter egg hunt. So something we, you have to go find. Yeah, something you have to find. Mm-hmm. And once again, I have no clue uh, who started that. Like, let's hide eggs around and then whatever. Somebody um, clever. Yeah, somebody smart and uh, marketing genius. Good looking. So, uh, here's the top video game Easter eggs of all time, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. There's tons of them. There's literally hundreds and hundreds. I couldn't list them all. Why would I do that? Uh, released on Christmas in 1979, Atari's Adventure. Have you ever played this game? No. One of the very first like Atari games. Hmm. Uh, 1979, Atari's Adventure is considered the first action adventure game ever. And it's really, I mean, it's nothing to it. It's literally like your little right. stick man Pixels. or whatever. Yeah. It, it also introduced the Easter egg to a great gaming world. Move a dot down a corridor and your character, really just a colored square. So, you know, <laughs> really, really cool. will be able to enter a room in which you see the words created by Warren Robinette. Uh, back then, video game developers weren't given any credit, which is bizarre to me. Yeah. Uh, so Robinette in- inserted his byline into the game. The Easter egg ate up 5% of the cartridge's storage space. <laughs> but instead of doling out the tens of thousands of dollars necessary to produce an Easter egg-free version, Atari just left it in. Thus, the Easter egg was born. There you go. So I-, I love that some guy named Warren Robinette was like, they're not going to give me credit for this. All right. 
I'll just I'll take five percent of the game and put my own little name it's in there. It's going right in there. And you can watch the video. It's like literally it just it says, you know, produced by Warren Robinette. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this guy, like, oh, this guy, <laughs> you know. Uh, and then Tari's like, man, we can't take it out. We already printed all these games. Yeah, it's done. Jeez, Louise. So that's kind of a cool story how how it started. Uh, here's a fun one. In Call of Duty Black Ops 2, there's a, a map called Nuketown 2025. My kids will uh, love this. Uh, if you shoot all the heads off of the mannequins within 90 seconds, and then you head to a big TV screen in the middle of the map, you can play some old school Atari 2600 Activision games. So it's kind of a nod to that. Right. But I love I, I love the Easter eggs because, and they've done this now with all the Call of Duty zombie maps, mm-hmm. is uh, for some reason these these Easter eggs take just hours to find. And people will spend hours and hours and days and weeks trying to find these Easter eggs. And, sp- you know, it's just wild. Yeah. Uh, now, the, the cool segue of this is uh, Ready Player One's coming up pretty mm-hmm. soon. And the whole point of that book is that the guy who created the Oasis or the virtual world has hidden Easter eggs in his world. He announces them, right? He, go well, find the Easter well, eggs? Well, he tells you to go find it. Right. But it takes them in the book. It takes them years to find even the first one. Yeah. And then from that first Easter egg, it leads to a series of clues that help them find the others pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but so that movie's coming out, and I'll go see it. I've read the book. I've officially read it. Good job. Finished it. You're, you have it on Audible. I'm right? going to listen or to it. Something of that yes. nature. Yes. Uh, so yeah, so it's a pretty good book. It's not bad. Uh, if you like '80s stuff, you will absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. Starts out really weird. This is a side tangent on the book. It starts out really weird with the, like this atheist rant. Hmm. Uh, there's just kind of out of place. It just talks about how there's no God or something. It's really weird. Wow. And then it goes back to like, okay, let's talk about 80s stuff again. So anyways, yeah, uh, it's a good book. Go read it. It's fun. All right. Uh, Diablo two, there's a secret cow level and I love the Diablo games. I started playing Diablo one a long time ago with my friend Bo. He mm-hmm. got me into it. And the way I got away with playing it, because I told my parents, I'm like, well, I'm killing demons. And they'd be like, oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? that's, oh, yeah. You're going into a dungeon and killing demons. Oh, that's great game. good work. It's a Christian game. Wait, are there <laughs> demons in the game? <laughs> oh, yeah. Lots. Yeah, well. uh, you know. <laughs> uh, so the whole point is literally you go kill Diablo. That's the whole point of the game. You kill the devil. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, and you're a Nephilim. The, well, the Spanish devil. Yeah. Yeah. This, he's it's very not some other he's one. Like, he's like, uh, bienvenidos. <laughs> uh, Diablo 2 has the cow level. This is a tough axe wielding cows, and they try to kill you. This Easter egg is an inside joke among Diablo diehards. There's a rumor when the first Diablo came out, it was a rumor that if you found this cow body and you clicked it enough times, you could go to a secret cow level. And this was like really <laughs> early internet. So I believed it. Mm-hmm. And we'd go searching these maps, trying to find this cow. And like then people would go, oh, no, no, you have to do this sequence to, you know, and it was mm-hmm. just gimmicks to get it's you to fake. Yeah, it's been hours. Lies. Trying to do Anyways. But it was such a big thing that when Diablo 2 came out, they actually put it in the game. Yeah. So you could do it. They listened to the fans. Yeah, super fun. Uh, they st- they used to do that. They used to do that. Mm. So that's out. In Diablo 3, there's one called the Whimsy Shire level, and it's sort of the same thing. You talk to the Cow King's ghost, and he let, opens up a portal to Whimsy Shire, <laughs> where you kill like rainbow unicorns Man, and stuff. all the things I miss out on not playing I'm not video being, games. not being a gamer. Yeah. Dang. Uh, Grand Theft Auto's filled to the brim with Easter eggs. Same with Fallout, Skyrim, most open world games. Uh, where you have just massive amounts of content. Uh, I used to play World of Warcraft. It is just filled with hundreds and hundreds of Easter eggs because it's just open world. Mm-hmm. Uh, there used to be an old Link Easter egg. You'd go in this little tunnel and meet Lincoln, hmm. and he'd give you a boomerang. They took it out of the game, but it's really cool. Halo games are filled with Easter eggs. Uh, here's my favorite Easter egg ever. There's this game called Metal Gear Solid 3, uh, and it's for PlayStation 2. I have it. And there's this fight where you fight this old sniper called The End. His name is The End. And it's super hard fight. I mean, this fight is ridiculously hard if you're playing it on 
it, really any difficulty, but it took me hours to, to kill this guy. Yeah. So you can sneak up behind him and uh, knife him. If you can, sh- if you can see him, you can shoot. There's different ways to kill him in the game. Mm-hmm. But if, when you first start the fight, if you press pause and you save the game and turn it off for a week, mm-hmm. And then you come back after a week, you will have a cutscene where you walk up to behind him, you put your gun to his head and you go, you know, freeze. And the guy just falls over. <laughs> and it's built into the code that if you wait a week, he dies of old age. Wow. In the, <laughs> in the game. Which I just love. I think that's like one of the one of my favorite Easter eggs because it's so clever hmm. that if if he's too hard, you literally save the game and he dies of old age because he's so old in the game. Yeah. Anyways, really cool. Uh, lastly, NBA Jam, which is one also one of my favorite games. It was a Super Nintendo game where you could play basketball, but it was like really over dramatic and yeah, super awesome classic game. You could play as Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. Prince Charles, or even the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. That came out when I was in high school. Yeah, and we would go to the arcade, and everybody knew all the codes and yeah. all that stuff. Oh my goodness, yeah. I would play that for hours on end. So I, I, I'm a big gamer. Jeremy's been getting into what Battlefield Two. No. Yes, you've been playing. <laughs> yes, you have. Don't lie. He's been playing Battlefield. It's the best too. game in the world. Yeah, it is. Uh, I've only played it like once or twice. You're crazy. Uh, they, now, in, their classic thing is a movie. There are Easter eggs in movies now. Something Jeremy and I both love. We love Pixar movies. Yeah. We're big fans of those. And Pixar is like the king of Easter eggs. Mm. Uh, if you're not, I mean, Marvel does it too. They put in Easter eggs too. Uh, James Gunn famously has an Easter egg in Guardians 1 that people still have not found. And he still refuses to tell people about it. Oh no! So he told. He said he would do it eventually, but it's literally it's driven driven people crazy trying to find this thing. Hmm. Anyways, all right. Uh, Pixar has one one of the bigger ones is A one one three. It's an homage to a classroom at CalArts, oh, right. the alma mater of Pixar, Disney executive John Lasseter, director Brad Bird, among others. And so you'll see this as apartment numbers. Right. You'll see this on license plates. A one one three. Different little things you'll see it post around. Uh, Described as Pixar's good luck charm, John Lasseter, uh, by John Lasseter, actor John Ratzenberger has played in every single Pixar feature to date. He, he's the Yeti, right? And uh, what's your face? Monsters Inc. Mm-hmm. He's in every movie. He's and the he, he, piggy bank, right? Yeah, he's got that great voice that you can recognize mm-hmm. him really, really easily. Pizza Plants in every film, uh, each film appearing slash being teased in other films. So they always have something to tease the next film or the old films, even films that weren't created. Yeah. Like there was one called Newt that never got through the process. Mm-hmm. And that was in there. Um, R2-D2 and C-3PO are seen in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Did you know that? No. There's a quick scene where he's, I think it's in the very first scene where he's trying to grab the idol. Uh-huh. And uh, you can see in the hieroglyphics, there's little C-3PO and little R two D two in the hieroglyphics, uh, that's super fun. And you would think you think with those big directors, like they wouldn't they wouldn't do that, right? But they're like they tell the you know the the costume guy or the the uh, item guy. What's the, what is that one I'm thinking? The prop props. guy, mm-hmm. props guy. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, uh, make that make the hieroglyphic R two D two. You know, uh, ETs in Star Wars: Phantom Menace. That's a lot of people know about yeah. that one. Yep. There's apparently a Starbucks cup in every single scene of Fight Club, according to David Fincher, which. I now have to go like check out check that out. What does he mean every so not every, every shot every but scene. every set yeah every set scene yeah, you can see a Starbucks cup huh like why I don't know but and then know. he's like all excited about it he's like telling me yeah, hey yeah, guess yeah. what they, guess they what I did <laughs> uh, there's also some since we're a Christian podcast so I'm just gonna mention this but and if you want to sin you can go do it on your own Whoa, but, what? but there's dirty Easter eggs in <laughs> Disney films <laughs> did you know about this I've seen some of that yeah there's, some of it's rather silly yeah it, yeah it's silly but it's just kind of like 
it's sin, man. It's like, mm. I don't know why they have to include that. But here's one I didn't know. In Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, there's one, there's one in that one as well. And it's at the very end credits, and it's when it's going through the Marauders map, hmm. you see some, you see something that's a little naughty. I don't know. So uh, I won't tell you what it is, but it not no movie's safe. No, no movie's safe from depravity. <laughs> uh, and Mel Gibson's movie Apocalypto. Have you seen this? No. Neither did I. Skipped it mm. immediately. Mm. Uh, there's an image of Waldo lying among dead bodies, and it flashes for a brief second. Now, if you go to YouTube, you can see this in the theatrical release. There's a scene where this guy's he falls down this cliff of dead bodies mm-hmm. and he falls into the dead bodies and all of a sudden there's a very quick flash of a guy dressed as Waldo laying on the bodies. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> like like what was Mel Gibson thinking? Just Waldo. Well, you could ask that yeah. almost all the time. <laughs> yeah. What, what was, was Mel Gibson thinking? Uh, anyways, where's Waldo in Apocalypto? Alfred Hitchcock, of course, appears in all his movies. I think doesn't Peter Jackson do this as well? In the Lord of the Rings films? I don't know if he kept that going. He was in all the Lord of the Rings ones. Yeah, but I, he was for a while. I don't know that he's in all of his movies. Maybe not. Uh, my favorite. So here's my favorite. After Marty McFly accidentally knocks down a pine tree in the past, uh, I think it's number two. Right. I think so. At the site of the Twin Pines Mall, the name changes to Lone Pine Mall. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> well, they only had one. Can't but be the Twin Pines Mall. That is brilliant. Like that stuff, <laughs> I love that, you know, he knocks it down. So, of course, there's only one pine. At yeah. the mall. Anyways, so th- so Easter eggs are fun. Uh, if, I'm sure we missed a ton. If, if we have a Facebook page called The Nerd Gospel Facebook mm-hmm. page. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you'd like to go tell us your favorites or post some links to YouTube, man, that'd be so much fun. We can kind of laugh about those and have some fun with it. Yeah. Uh, any any ones I missed that you can think of off the top of your head there, Jer? Jer Bear? No. No. Uh, it's Man, those are fun. Now you can go look for those on your own time. Not the dirty ones, you rascals. <laughs> uh, so let's talk Easter itself. And the empty tomb. Um, what what is Easter? We we do this with Halloween. We did this with Halloween. We did this with with Christmas. Yep. And we kind of like to go back and talk about these holidays because there are a lot of Christians who don't celebrate any of them, hmm. right? And we, Jeremy and I, have found that we really have no problem with Halloween or uh, Christmas as long as you redeem it, right? right? Yes. As long as you change it from what it previously was and you make it about. Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And it's not like this is the same thing with our podcast in general. People go, "Well, I don't like to over allegorize or over metaphor or look for things that aren't there," mm-hmm. uh, and that's not really what we try to do either. Right? What we're trying to do is we're trying to say, "Here's something secular, and here's how the world views it, and here's how you could use that secular thing as a springboard to talk about the gospel with right. your friends." Yeah, here's the tie-in. Yeah, we're never saying, "Listen, when we say Luke Skywalker is a type of Christ." Whatever you know, we're saying he has types of things that would be Christian, right? Yeah. Or things that would could show you images or things that are built into the truth, because we believe that all truth is God's truth, and all of God's truth is built into those good things. Yeah, right? we're not saying George Lucas wrote no Luke yeah. Skywalker as yeah. a time, and of we've Christ. said that in the past. Like it's <laughs> he's so heavily influenced by mysticism and Eastern myst- whatever. Mm-hmm. What we're saying is, as we look at Easter, how can we find some hope here? Mm-hmm. And how can we how can we look at Easter eggs and uh, the pagan roots? How can we look forward and go, well, how can we as Christians use this for the good of the gospel? Right. Right. Which may sound funny to some people. Like, yeah. what Easter is all about Christ. Yeah. Well. Well, it's really not. <laughs> and and same, the same thing with like Mother's Day. All these big holidays hmm. uh, have been morphed into money-making, money power grabs. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Mother's Day makes all this money. I was thinking about this the other day. Most holidays are based on saints. 
Isn't that weird? Yeah. Uh, St. Patrick's Day, mm-hmm. which was about St. Patrick, actually a really a good Christian guy, right? A saint. Right. St. And, Valentine's. And we turned it at St. Valentine's. We've turned them into money-making things or things where you get drunk mm. and you drink green beer. Like just ways to sell more stuff. Right. Uh, Christmas. All these things were about saints that did wonderful things or helped things. Mm. And we turned them into ways to make money uh, or debauchery. So mm. anyways. so Downer. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's just like how we put nasty Easter eggs. <laughs> uh, so some claim that the Easter egg has pagan roots. So as I was decorating my Easter egg today, I thought about this. Mm. Before Christians celebrated the resurrection of Jesus, some argue ancient pagans in Europe observing the spring equinox as the return of the sun god, a rebirth of light and emergence from the lean winter. Like we're just getting out of winter here in Virginia. Mm. Just snowed like, what, a week ago? My yes. word. Some also point to the venerable Bede, Bede, an English monk who wrote the first history of Christianity in England for evidence of this connection. Bede, I don't know how you say his name, Beatty, Betty, Betty, I'm going to call him Betty. Sure. Yeah, go <laughs> Betty, uh, Betty argued that even the word Easter derived from a pagan fertility goddess, goddess named Aester, or Easter, uh, in English and Germanic cultures. Scholars have since noted that there is little to no evidence of such a goddess outside of Bede's writings. Also, in most of other languages, the word for Easter, Pascua in Spanish, and Pasc Gay and French, for instance, Pasquet. Deri- Pasquet <laughs> derives from the Greek and Latin Pasha or Pash for Passover. Yes. So, so Jewish. it's actually, uh, it's some people have tried to argue for the pagan roots, and they're actually saying here that there's actually not much evidence right. for Easter and all this stuff. Except Betty is yeah, obsessed except for Betty. with it. Venerable Betty can't shut up about yeah, it. Calm so, down, Betty. Yeah, come on, come on. Whoa, Black Betty. Uh, for Christians, whoa, Venerable Betty. Uh, for Christians, <laughs> the Easter egg is a symbolic... Is symbolic of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Painting Easter eggs is an especially beloved tradition in the Orthodox and Eastern Catholic churches. So if anything, it's, it's just Papist, mm. uh, where the <laughs> eggs are dyed red to represent the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross. Easter eggs are blessed by the priest at the end of the Paschal, Paschal, Paschal. Vigil mm-hmm. and distributed to the congregants. The hard shell of the egg represents the sealed tomb of Christ, and cracking the shell represents Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Moreover, historically, Christians would abstain from eating eggs and meat during Lent, and Easter was the first chance to eat eggs after a long period of abstinence. Wow. Uh, so it is very Legalistic. Catholic. Oh, Catholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very Catholic in its origins so far. Here's mm-hmm. the last little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Easter egg hunts and egg rolling are two popular egg-related traditions. I've, I've only done one. I've never egg rolled. I guess. What about with the brooms last night? Yeah, that's like egg uh, hockey. Egg hockey. Yeah. Uh, we did that with the youth group. That's <laughs> some context. An egg hunt involves hiding eggs outside for children to run around and find, oh, is that what you do? Mm. Eggs are rolled as a symbolic reenactment of the rolling away of the stone from Christ's tomb. What? In the United States, <laughs> the Easter egg roll is an annual event that is held on the White House lawn each Monday after Easter. And that's why they do it, of course. Right. Because the White House is completely... Uh, they believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Well, and they want to represent the stone yeah, the, rolling uh, away from the tomb. Stone rolling away from the tomb. Because uh, eggs are like that. So there's a really great example of what we just talked about, where you can take something like an egg and mm. go, oh, well, this represents this, or this is symbolic of this. That's kind of silly, mm. right? Um, and and I think, so, okay, you could you could use those analogies, mm. right? You could say, well, you know, you do open the Easter egg, and it's kind of like the shell or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do that, but all analogies break down, obviously, Um and I don't think an Easter egg, when the whole thing is about the empty tomb, right? Like skip the Easter egg, just talk about the empty tomb. Yeah, like just talk about the cross. 
Uh, you don't need to say, look at your neighbor and go, hey, can I talk to you about that Easter egg? Right. Did you know the red color? Did you know, you know, and you get like this thing, like whatever. Like if you want to use that as an analogy for your kids, like that's, that's probably good. Yeah. And, uh, and you can tell your kids, like if they ask, why do we do Easter eggs? We're like, it's just fun. Yeah, it's just fun. But we celebrate Easter because of Jesus's resurrection. Yeah, yeah we can do something fun. Right. As human beings, and we don't have to over allegorize or over metaf- you know, symbolic, sim- symbolicize everything. Yep. Okay? Symbolicize. Symbolicize. Sure. Symbolicize. Uh, anyways, so that's kind of the origins of it. So if you're like a Christian that says, no, no bunny, no Easter egg, like, mm-hmm. okay, whatever, that's fine. Right. Right. Our church did an Easter egg hunt, and we had 423 people from the neighborhood, not that don't go to our church, and they just came over and we did something nice for them. Yeah. Right. Uh, now, I don't know if we'll see any of those people again at the church. Right. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know how, how much of evangelism outreach that is, but it's still, did we do something really nice for our community and love, love those people and, and at least just shake their hand and say, hi, we're a bunch of Christians. We love you guys. Yeah. Yeah. We did do that. Um, so whatever, you know, use it how you want to do it. But I think, I think once we start getting commercialized with it and making it, you know, there are some churches that give away iPads on Easter. Really? And, Oh yeah. Oh. I was a part of one for a long time. <laughs> and they give away iPads and they do this big Easter stuff. Like I mean they they make it a big show. Mm. And it's really quite ridiculous. Mm-hmm. When the drama of Easter is the empty tomb. Right. That's the drama. Yeah. That the cross by dying Jesus conquered the grave, mm. conquered sin and death, and that on the third day the tomb was empty. That's yeah. the drama. Right. It's not about a bunny, it's not about uh, you know, a little red colored egg, all that stuff. Mm. Now I do have these things called that I love to do with my kids called resurrection eggs. And it's this little egg carton full of eggs, and each inside of each egg is a little item that tells you something about Jesus or the Passion Week. Mm-hmm. Okay. I do love that because what kids are associating with, no matter what you do, kids are gonna associate Christmas with Santa Claus. Mm. They just will. You're fighting against the culture, and that's really difficult to do. Yeah. Okay. And they're going to associate Halloween with ghosts and all these things where like that. They're going to do it. It's all over there. They're just soaking in it. And when they come to Easter, they're going to associate it with bunnies and candy and chocolate, right? And eggs. And eggs. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to use the eggs, open them up, and I'm going to surprise them when I pull out a little donkey. And I say, hey, here the king Jesus rode on a donkey. Right. And they go, oh, that's cool, right? Uh, And, you know, so that's little objects like that. The kids are so visual. It's really good for them to do that. So anyways, all right, so let's get into this. Uh, why is the, the empty tomb so important? Jeremy, can you read 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 19 for us? And then we're going to talk through it. It says, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. And so is your faith. More than that, We are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead, but he did not raise raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised, for if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Now, that's a pretty rough yeah. language from Paul. And what he's saying to the Corinthian church is he's, there are some people among the Corinthian church that don't believe in the resurrection of the dead. Right. They uh, don't I, think it happens. No, I think it was the Sadducees. It was, mm-hmm. a, it was a Jewish sect that was saying, no, there's no resurrection of the dead. And he says, listen, let me just lay it out for you. If people are not raised from the dead, then that means Christ is still dead. Mm-hmm. He's not ri- raised. Right. And if Christ is not raised, then that means our hope in him for this life is a waste of time. Yep. Absolutely waste of it. And not only that, you should pity us. 
among all people. I always think about this verse when I think about atheists or, or people who are just agnostic or unbelievers who, who uh, claim to love and yet they just want to argue with me. And I always, I always try to flip it on the head when I'm talking with them. And I go, I go, do, what do you, um, you know, do you love me? You know, do you care about me? Then why won't, do you pity me? Yeah. Well, instead of hating me, do you pity me? Because really, if you're an atheist and you believe I'm dead wrong, then how sad is that? Yeah. Uh, and you should have so much sorrow and pity for me rather than hatred for, for mm. me. Uh, and yet it seems to always be the opposite. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. uh, there's not a lot of, yet, whereas, uh, why am I talking to the atheist? Because I, I'm, I pity them. Because I'm sorry for them, because they're wrong, because I believe they're wrong, uh, and I it's the exact opposite, right? Yeah. And what Paul's saying here is is absolutely true. For every Christian who is walking the Christian life, if the resurrection did not happen, if there is no Easter Sunday, yeah. we are the most people to be pitied on this entire earth. We are the most sorry people walking this earth, believing in some guy who's dead in the grave right now. Right. Uh, and that's and that's one of the big differences between Christianity and all the other religions. All those guys who started those religions, they're all dead. Yeah. Right? Buddha's in a tomb yep. somewhere. Uh, we can go find Joseph Smith's grave. Right. We can go find all these... Confucius is dead, right? All these people are dead. Where's Jesus' tomb? It, it's empty. Mm-hmm. It's empty. And, and the thing that most scholars will all agree, whether they're atheists or not, they will agree that the tomb was empty. Right. And they have to come to that conclusion because there's so much, actually so much proof for the resurrection, whether they want to say resurrection or not, they'll say the tomb was at least empty. They all come down that side. Right. Okay. So as we kind of think about this, I want to, I want to look at three proofs for the resurrection. Uh, not that we need proofs, but it is very helpful as a believer to be able to just talk to an atheist and go, well, have you thought about this? Yeah. And uh, it's at least interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so here's uh, the three truths. I got these from the Desiring God, uh, or actually Gospel Coalition, I think, I believe I got these okay. from. Uh, the three truths are this. The first one is the tomb in which Jesus was buried was discovered empty by a group of women on the Sunday following the crucifixion. Now, there's two things that are really interesting here. The first thing is that it was empty. Mm-hmm. Okay, And this was a tomb that was guarded by people who did not want it to be empty. Right. Right? Uh, this was There was an active thing here where people could have thought, okay, Guess what disciples could do? They could steal this. We need to guard this. And the Bible makes no two bits about it. It says it was guarded right. by Roman guards, like big hulking dudes who are, have no interest in this tomb being moved away. Right. Yeah. Not only that, but there's a stone that was put over it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the first bit. It was found empty. The second thing is it was found by women. Now, in that cultural context, why on earth would you have women find an empty tomb? Meaning if you were writing the story for believability exactly. and effect. No. Yeah, exactly. You would you would have it by some uh, big head honcho who everybody believed and everybody trusted. You would write that if you were making up a story. Right. Uh, but the fact that you had women who people maybe wouldn't have believed in that time or shouldn't have had anything to do with that finding the tomb is is so it, it proves to the reliability of the story. Yeah, like, be- because at the time women's testimonies were not admissible in court. Yeah, they exactly. weren't seen as they couldn't be witnesses of a, of a crime. Yeah, and yet the first people to find the tomb are women who go and tell the men. Right, and then that's reported by all of the authors of the gospel stories. Exactly. Uh, the second thing is that Jesus' disciples had real experiences with one whom they believed was the risen Christ. So most scholars will all say that the tomb was indeed empty but and that people did see something, but they'll come on three things. The first mm-hmm. thing is that they were lying. 
So, so some people will say, oh, well, everybody, all disciples, they were lying. This was all just a made-up story. And a conspiracy. A, a conspiracy. And they all got together, and they said, okay, here's our conspiracy. Here's what we're going to say. Let's write books about it, and then we'll tell everybody. Right. Okay? Now, the problem with this is if you've read the Synoptic Gospels, if you read the book of John, you know that the accounts aren't all lined up mm. perfectly. Mm-hmm. That Some of them leave stuff out. Some of them include stuff that the others don't include. Okay, There are different details that each one are picking apart. The other thing, too, is the Bible says, I think in the book of Acts or near the end of Luke, that I think 400 people, 500 people are witnesses to the resurrected Christ. Yeah. Like 400 people. Okay. And, and they actually name names. I love this. I was just reading through the book of John with people. And you go to that part where Peter strikes off the guy's ear with mm-hmm. a sword. And it says, oh, by the way, this guy's name was Malchus. Right. And you go, why? I go, I asked my kids, I said, why would they include the name Malchus? And one of them says, oh, because you could go talk to him. Right. I said, yeah. I said, if you're making this up, you don't include the guy's name. You say uh, Joseph or Tim, you know, some generic name, not Malchus. Mm. Uh, because the whole point was that people could read the book and go, Malchus is still alive. Right. Let's go ask that dude. Yeah. Uh, you could talk to these people. You could really, you know, Mary was still alive. You could go find Mary and ask her if this was legit. Right. And that's exactly what Luke does in his gospel. He finds people and he gets eyewitness accounts for his gospel. Yep. Okay. Uh, so that's the, they were lying. That, that doesn't make sense for a number of reasons. The second thing is that they were hallucinating. Mm-hmm. So there are some people who actually really put forth this idea that they all had mass hallucination at the yep. same time. That happens all the time. All the time. Yep. Uh, are mass delusions. Uh, now, there are reports of uh, some, some reports of this happening in, in some countries like nowadays of like little tiny things, but nothing to this scale. Right. Okay. It's like that somebody sees a UFO or a light in the sky and then everybody thinks they see the same thing mm-hmm. because it's all suggested. Yeah, but, but they he, don't see it all together at the same they time. They don't see it all together. They don't right. see it for 40 days, which right. is what Jesus yeah. does. They don't see, they don't stick their fingers in the mass delusions mm-hmm. body. Okay. Which is what Thomas does. Right. It doesn't make any sense. And the reason people try to go that route is because they, they believe that the disciples believed it. So yeah. they're like, but it's it's not real, so it's delusional. Yeah, oh, it has to be fake. So we have to come up with a conclusion right. for why they really believed it and why there are all these writings talking yeah. about this. Okay, yeah. uh, And then the final thing is that you come to the conclusion that they really saw the risen Christ. Right. They, either they were lying or they were somehow fooled or it was real. Like, yeah. what are the other options? Yeah, and the big point about this is guess what happens to all of the disciples? They all die horribly gruesome deaths. Yeah. I mean, they, they all go to either, you know, being crucified themselves, being beheaded, being stoned. They all die these horrible deaths. Why would you do that for a, for a conspiracy? Yeah. Why would you do that for a hallucination? At some point, one of those 11 dudes, one of the 12, right, the final guy who came mm-hmm. in, one of them would have had to say, okay, I, we made it all up, but they don't do it. Yeah. And there's no proof that any of them did it. There's nothing written out. If, if people were trying to disprove Christianity, which for thousands of years people have been trying to disprove Christianity since the, since the cross. Yeah. People have been trying to disprove it. One of the Jews, certainly one of the Jewish hierarchy, one of the Pharisees would have just written out tons of books and said, oh, they made this all stuff up. But they couldn't because it would have all been refuted by the people who were still alive. Mm-hmm. Who saw it? Uh, and so even like the Gnostic Gospels, if you look at the Gnostic Gospels or the fake Gospels, they're all written like 200, 300 years after the fact. Yeah. Couldn't possibly be. Right. Anyway, whatever. Uh, so, so then the third thing, the final thing is, as a result of the preaching of these disciples, the, the twelve which had the resurrection at its center, uh, the linchpin, the Christian church was established and grew. So for something that was fake, right. something that was, if the tomb wasn't empty, everyone could have just gone and looked. Right. 
But the fact that the tr- Christianity grew meant that there was people who actually went to the tomb and said, oh, it is empty. Mm-hmm. And so either they stole the body, something had to have happened. Right. And, and it just doesn't make any sense where the body would have gone. They couldn't have stolen. How did they get past the guards? How did they do all this other stuff? There's no proof to any of that stuff. But what we do have proof of is that there, there was a Christ who rose from the dead, who appeared to 400 people for 40 days, and then he rose and went to heaven. Yeah. There's a, there's a book by J. Warner Wallace. It's called Cold Case Christianity. And he does a really thorough and engaging uh, review of the, the resurrection uh, proofs. So he goes very evidential apologetics. He's not uh, not going <laughs> with presuppositional. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's a really good, if you've just always wondered, like, I wonder, you know, why couldn't it have been a lie or why couldn't it be a conspiracy? Uh, he lays that out in a much more thorough way that would be worth your time. If you've ever had that question, it's a really easy book to read and, and it's available all over the place. Jay and, Warner Wallace. And the beauty of this, so as we approach Easter here, this uh, I'm going to try to get this episode out way before Easter. Okay. This week. Uh, as we approach Easter, as you approach sun, Easter Sunday, I want you to have hope and faith that your, that your hope and faith is not futile, mm. that our hope in Christ is not just for this life, but for the life to come, yeah. life eternal. And you can have great, like the Lord has given us, He's given us grace upon grace to have this much evidence and this much proof for this. Because something like, you know, where's the Ark of the Covenant? We have no clue. Like yeah. all these other things, there are a lot of things in the Bible where we we can't find them or we don't have proof of those things. But for the resurrection, this is one of the things that God in his mercy and wisdom gave us so much evidence for. Uh, and, and, and this is really the thing, like atheists know if they can destroy the resurrection, if they can destroy the tomb then they can destroy Christianity. And so they constantly try to affect this. Every Easter, if you're watching TV right now, you'll see documentary after documentary, the, the true Jesus, the real Jesus, you know. Uh, and every year somebody comes and goes, we found the tomb of Jesus. You know, like we got it. We found the actual one. We found, you know, and they never, they're always going out of their way to try to find the tomb because if they find the tomb and they find bones, then that means we're all done for. That's really what it means. Yep. So anyways, have hope, invite a friend, uh, at Easter Sunday is, you know, Easter, Christmas. These are kind of the two biggest days of the year uh, and Mother's Day, right, for people coming to church. And so don't waste your time on gimmicks. Don't waste your time on, you know, giant inflatable Easter bunnies, whatever churches are going to do. Find a church who's going to preach the gospel, who's going to tell you, point you to the tomb, and they're going to give you hope in the resurrection and the life to come. That's that's our encouragement to you. So. Yep. Yeah, it's been great to be back. We're back. We're Yay. back for a little bit. Uh, and if you have any ideas for future episodes, please give us those. I'd love to talk about board games coming up. And mm-hmm. I think we'll do one on uh, violent video games because I want to talk about that. That's a really hot button issue right now. Is is that what's causing school shootings, stuff like that? We'll yeah. get a little into that. Uh, so we've got some ideas. We'll probably do a Harry Potter series coming up. And of course, Avengers Infinity War. Of course. So plenty to do. All aboard the hype train. Uh, for that. So we are proud members of the Reform Society, Society of Reformed Podcasters. <laughs> I always move that around. I don't know why. The Society of Reformed Podcasters. Society of Reformed Podcasters. They recently added a new show. So if you've if you checked all the ones out before and were like, I don't like it because yep. you're crazy. Yep. According then there's to a Christ. New one. Right? And according to Christ, isn't that the name of it? Sure. Sure. Uh, yeah, you know, it is. According <laughs> to Christ. Uh, they just did an episode on family worship, which uh, I absolutely loved mm. uh, because I am a youth guy. I'm a youth worker, pastor, if you want to call me that. Yeah. Uh, and so I love uh, encouraging parents to do family worship and whatnot. And it's a really great episode. So uh, I'm I'm thankful for those guys. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, yeah. So, Let's anyways, check go out. check that out. Sorp. We call ourselves Society of Reform Podcasters. Um, thanks for listening. As always, I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. Stay nerdy. Is risen.